This is food. This is beans. So the Oscars, they're coming up this weekend, Simon Eady. They are indeed. The 93rd annual Academy Awards are coming up this weekend in, in, in 2021, the year that we are recording this in. That's right, Adrian Pinter. That's right. Let's do it. You want to make some predictions this week? I do. I do indeed. And that's why we are running this A Closer Look episode for Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. We run A Closer Looks when we want to take a deeper dive into a specific subject, usually That means spoilers. We're not going to spoil any movies here that are nominated, but we are going to specifically look at each movie in a little bit of detail while we make predictions about which movies are going to win, which actors or crew members are going to win for specific films at the Academy Awards for this year. Cool beans, man. Sounds like a plan. Now, in terms of your predictions, these are what you are predicting that is going to win, not necessarily what your favorite movie in said category is, correct? Is that how you based it? Yes. I appreciate you making that clarification because I feel like my favorite movie of the year, if I'm just going to get that out of the way, I think it might have been Tenet. And that was barely nominated at all this year. So, Oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's true. Tenet was such a good movie. Tanae, sorry. It was um, really good. We saw it twice in theaters, which is fantastic in a year that we barely went to the theaters, I guess, for mm-hmm. 2020, I mean. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if uh, Tanae, I don't believe, was my favorite movie uh, of the past year. I don't necessarily know what my favorite one is. I'll be honest with you. Um, th- There was just so many good options. Like, immediately, like, if, like, gun to my head, if I had to choose one, I'd probably say The Trial of Chicago 7. It's like, if I had oh, wow. to, like, right away. That's, okay, probably cool. the, that's probably the first uh, thing I would say. Um, or uh, One Night in Miami, one of, the, one of those two. But again, gun to my head, the first thing is probably the, the trial of the Chicago 7. Yeah, like One Night in Miami, I definitely think of too. Trial of the Chicago 7 is also fantastic. I actually, and I know you don't agree with this, but I really do love Mank. Mm-hmm. And that is a fantastic film as well. So I, I, I don't know. It's a tough, it's a tough year. But I don't know. I just found that Tenet was extremely well built and that I feel like most people complaining about it didn't understand it, although it did make sense. I will make it clear. It Mm -hmm. does make sense. It's not just garbage that is put together in a slab and and then Christopher Nolan said, here you go. You like try to decipher what I'm saying. No, he said something specific. And if you watch that movie more than once, you start to see the threads unraveling before your eyes. Yeah, definitely, man. I, I agree with you. After we watched Tenet, um, I definitely, I think I even mentioned it as I didn't know if I liked it because I just didn't know what the hell was going on. And then after we watched it the second time, it, it all clicked for me. And uh, I really, really loved it the second viewing around. Um, but yeah, that's not up for Best Picture. It is not. Mm. But it is up for one specific award. And let's just do that award first since we're talking about Tenet. Okay. We? Yeah. Okay, so the nominees for Best Visual Effects are Love and Monsters, Visual Effects by Matt Sloan, Genevieve Camilleri, Matt Everett, and Brian Cox. The Midnight Sky, Visual Effects by Matthew Kazmier, Christopher Lawrence, Max Solomon, and David Watkins. Mulan, Visual Effects by Sean Faden, Anders Langlands, Seth Maury, and Steve Ingram. The one and only Ivan, Visual effects by Nick Davis, Greg Fisher, Ben Jones, and Santiago Colomo Martinez. And Tenet. Visual effects by Andrew Jackson, David Lee, Andrew Lockley, 
and Scott Fisher. And your predicted winner is, Adrian? Tanay. Tanay is mine. That we agree. Mm-hmm. Tenet is mine as well. Mm-hmm. And for the reasons we just kind of stated, well, not the reasons we stated, because this is visual effects, but I do find that the visual effects are phenomenal in this movie. People actually think that there's a good chance that Love and Monsters or the one and only Ivan could win. That seems to be something that others have predicted, but I'm going to go with Tenet. I feel like, again, it's phenomenal. And the amount of practical effects that are woven with the CG elements make this a force to be reckoned with. And I don't think that anyone else will win, but I mean, I could be surprised. Yeah. No, I agree with you 100%. I think everything in that movie looks so real. It looks like it's actually happening. Never once was I un, like unconvinced that what was happening on screen was legitimate or that was that it was special effects or anything like that uh, or CGI or anything. Um, I did actually watch Love and Monsters the other day, and I, I do agree like that movie visually looks fantastic. The CGI is really high quality, but it still isn't perfect. You can still tell what's animated and what's not. Um, so I think for me, for sure, Tenet is uh, the winner. Awesome. Let's move on to the next category. Let's go completely to the opposite end of the award spectrum and move to acting and go best supporting actress. So the nominees for best supporting actress are Maria Bakalova for Borat subsequent movie film, Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman for The Father, Amanda Seyfried for Mank, Yoo Jung Yoon for Minari, and your predicted winner is, Adrian. My predicted winner is Yoo Jung Yoon from Minari. Wow. Cool. Yeah. I believe uh, she did an amazing job in that film. I watched the, the film actually today as, as we are recording this just before we went on air. And this movie is incredibly special. And her performance is absolutely top tier. And uh, yeah, I just loved watching her on screen. And I think I think she has a very good chance of taking the win. Fantastic. I chose the exact same. Look at that. We're on right on par here. Oh, what a twist. She is fantastic. She's great in it throughout. And there's a huge range of emotion that she kind of has to go through. Mm-hmm. And she handles it very beautifully. And I think that, again, many outlets are sort of predicting that she'll win. She's never been nominated before for an Academy Award. But I think that... Uh, I mean, it might be her time, theoretically. I mean, I'm no expert, but she did do a phenomenal job in my mind. You are a doctor, but no expert in this. No. Fun fact, Glenn Close, who got nominated for uh, Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Hillbilly, sorry, Hillbilly, (laughs) Hillbilly Elegy, was also- Hillbilly? Hillbilly, was also nominated for a Razzie in the same category. Razzie being- I know! Yeah, Razzie being the opposite of the Oscars, them just- you know, giving awards to the shittiest movies of the year and the shittiest actors of the year and all of that stuff. So, yeah, she's performances. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's interesting. <laughs> that is crazy. That's happened once before. I can't remember who it was that got nominated for both an acting award in the Oscars and a Razzie. Mm-hmm. But Halle Berry for her role in Catwoman. No, <laughs> no. She was not nominated for an Oscar for that movie. Definitely not. All righty, moving on. Uh, next category is Best Supporting Actor. And the nominees for Best Supporting Actor are Sasha Baron Cohen for The Trial of the Chicago 7, Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami, Paul Racy for Sound of Metal, and Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah. And your predicted winner is for this category, Adrian? 
So I do want to put it out there. I did not watch Judas and the Black Messiah. So I think both Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya probably have a really great shot uh, considering they were both nominated. However, if I had to choose who I think is going to win, it's going to be Sasha Baron Cohen from the trial of the Chicago seven. Oh, okay. We differ on this. Oh, I'm going to let you, well, I, I'll tell you mine, I suppose, but my predicted winner is Paul Racy for sound of metal. Why mm. Sasha Baron Cohen, Adrian? I just think Sasha Baron Cohen has such an amazing range and he does such a great job in that film. He's one of the reasons why I love that film so much and adds a lot of almost light heartedness and comedy to the film while still, kind of moving the plot forward and playing this very serious role. It doesn't take away from the seriousness of the, of the film itself. And uh, I just think he did an amazing job in that movie. And I think the contrast between that movie, like him playing in that movie and Borat that came out shortly thereafter is just unbelievable. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my pick. Cool. Uh, yeah, he did do it. I don't have an argument about his performance. I mean, it's obvious, I guess, that they're all amazing. But yeah. uh, I think a lot of people are predicting, honestly, that Daniel Kaluuya or Lakeith Stanfield will win. It seems like that's the case. And also, they have, they're pretty much in the entirety of Judas and the Black Messiah. So why they're supporting actors or considered supporting actors is puzzling. I think that this, the vote, based on predictions elsewhere, might be split between Kaluuya and Stanfield and maybe Leslie Odom Jr., and I, and maybe Sasha Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen didn't seem to be in that much in the running, at least based on other predictors. But who knows? They can literally be, go to anyone. I pick Paul Racy because honestly, the calm in his performance uh, and the subtleties and how he uh, talks to Riz Ahmed's character in Sound of Metal is brilliant. It's mm -hmm. it's just it felt so real, and I was wondering, much like Nomadland, is this gentleman? Is he just a real person in this world? I, except in a way that I felt was more real than the, for instance, the nomads. There's a couple of nomads, if you're not aware, in the movie Nomadland, like Bob Wells and Linda May, that are just basically real nomads that were hired by Chloe Zhao to play the part. In this case, Paul Racy is not the case. That's not the case for this actor. He's just an actor who's been around for a, while, a long while, but he hasn't really been shown that much love by the Academy Awards. I just think that, again, the, the nuance and like the subtlety behind his performance is brilliant. And it just felt like he was, he is that guy that is the character that he's playing. It's, it's brilliant. I agree completely, man. He, he did an amazing job in Sound of Metal. I also feel like I might be pronouncing his name completely wrong. I'm pretty sure it's Paul Rachi now, <laughs> now that I keep saying it over and over again. Paul Rachi. Let's Maybe. try it though. In our cl a classic pronunciation segment of our show, let's, let's see how this gentleman pronounces Paul Rachi's name. No, nope, oh. I, I don't know. I guess I was right the first time. Not sure. Anyway, yeah. So now we differ. Let's see who wins, Adrian. Let's see who wins. We'll uh, we'll see. You got Sasha Baron Cohen. I got Paul Racy. We'll uh, we'll see who wins on the final ballot. Sounds good. Maybe we're both wrong. That's it's very possible. Honestly, <laughs> apparently Judas and the Black Messiah, which we both haven't seen, is amazing. Well, that's obvious. But those two actors are like front runners for this category. So it'll be. Interesting to see what happens. Next category. The nominees for Best Adapted Screenplay are Borat, Subsequent Movie Film. That's uh, a screenplay by Sasha Baron Cohen. Anthony Hines, Dan Swimer, Peter Bainham, Erica Rianoja, Dan Mazur, Jenna Friedman, and Lee Kern. The Father, screenplay by Christopher Hampton and Florian Zeller. 
Nomadland, screenplay by Chloe Zhao, One Night in Miami, screenplay by Kemp Powers, and The White Tiger, screenplay by Ramin Barani. Adrian, your predicted winner for this category is? One Night in Miami is my prediction for Best Adapted Screenplay by Kemp Powers. Uh, This movie is something incredibly special. Um, I really, really loved it, and the dialogue all throughout this movie is top tier the way it's acted out the way everything about this movie is in my opinion perfect there's honestly nothing wrong with it and uh, again it, it all starts with a screenplay and i think that's why one night in miami deserves this right um yeah the movie is phenomenal in general that i think can be agreed upon i think it was snubbed in other ways like for instance for best picture i think it should have been nominated but it was not and I think that the dialogue in this is extremely sharp uh, and the relationship between the characters is built upon that screenplay. And so I also choose One Night in Miami. Again, we're we're lining up interestingly here because mm. it makes sense. We do a run a podcast together. But, but yeah, I, I agree. One Night in Miami, Kemp Powers is my prediction for Best Adaptive Screenplay. Interesting. Very interesting, my friend. Indeed. What's next on the docket, baby? The next category is Best Original Screenplay, and the nominees for Best Original Screenplay are Judas and the Black Messiah, screenplay by Will Burson and Shaka King, Minari, screenplay by Lee Isaac Chung, Promising Young Woman, screenplay by Emerald Fennell, Sound of Metal, screenplay by Darius Martyr and Abraham Martyr, and The Trial of the Chicago 7, screenplay by Aaron Sorkin, Adrian. Your predicted winner for this category is so. This is a tough one because I haven't I haven't seen Judas and the Black Messiah, and I think that has a very good ch- chance of taking it away. But my choice is Promising Young Woman by Emerald Fennell, and the reason why I think that is you know best original screenplay is because Emerald Fennell, I think you said it best on her podcast, is she made this movie based on her vision and she saw her vision through 100%. And this movie, once again, I mean, obviously it was nominated for Best Picture is 10 out of 10. And it, honestly, I still think about it since I've watched it. It's stuck with me for such a long time. Um, it still is sticking with me, honestly. And I imagine it will stick with me for uh, for a long while. And I think everything about this movie, like from the writing and and the acting of what was written down, is um, it's really great, and I think it deserves that spot for best original screenplay. Cool. My predicted winner is also promising young woman. Oh. Lining up more ways than I figured, but this one I kind of felt you would go with as well, and it's part of what we talked about again on our podcast a couple episodes back, which is this movie goes in many directions that you just do not expect. It is constantly, I find, original. It, it just surprises me continuously. The dialogue surprised me constantly. It does, like, her vision is seen through to the end, which is a, more of, I guess, a, a comment on whether it should be best picture, perhaps. But I, I find that the, the screenplay, the dialogue, and the ways that the story goes are unexpected and interesting. And it says something very important about society it's a fantastic movie. If you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I agree with you on this one. Promising Young Woman will win Best Original Screenplay in at the 2021 Oscars. Holy baby. Right on. Alrighty, the next category. The nominees for Best Live Action Short. 
the category we know the most about, arguably. <laughs> no, we haven't watched a single thing from this, man. I know. Best live action short. Uh, best live action short nominees are Feeling Through, The Letter Room, The Present, Two Distant Strangers, and White Eye. Adrian, your predicted winner for this category is... My predicted winner for this category is Two Distant Strangers. And the reason why I chose that is it's actually... Um, so again, I haven't watched any of these uh, short films. I just read the description of each of them. And the description of Two Distant Strangers seems the most topical. It's about a black man that, simply put, keeps on living the same night of his life where he gets murdered by a police officer and he's trying to get out of it. And uh, especially now with everything that's been going on um, most recently with... Uh, Derek Chauvin, uh, him being um, charged guilty for the uh, murder of George Floyd. I think, uh, again, based on not knowing anything other than the premises of these short films, I think uh, it will take away the win. Cool. Yeah, I don't have much to say about any of these movies because I haven't watched them. So I'm just not going to give too much into my two cents. Just I did some research and I agree with you. Two Distant Strangers will be the winner for live action short. Uh, same uh, reason as me, I'm guessing. Interestingly, like when we did the Emmy predictions on our show, like months back, we differed tremendously. So I'm curious to see if we start diverting as we get closer to the end here. But I guess we'll find out as we go. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to win, Adrian. I'm going to win. Just so you know, the In win the is the is the friends we made along the way. Oh come on, mm-hmm. you're competitive. No, not really. You're not competitive. Not really. Yeah, right. <sighs> no, I'm not really all that competitive, man. <sighs> I have to agree with you because we don't talk outside this podcast. We don't, no. I'm just saying, theoretically, if we did talk outside this podcast, I'd fervently disagree with you. But let's move on. The next category is Best Animated Short, a category I also don't know anything about, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. And the nominees are for Best Animated Short, Burrow, Genius Loki, If Anything Happens, I Love You, Opera, and Yes People, which of these movies is going to take away the prize, Adrian? Um, Most likely it's going to be Burrow because it's made by Disney Plus slash Pixar, but I'm just going to bet on If Anything Happens, I Love You, which is a Netflix original um, short animated film about two parents grieving the loss of their child. And I think just the premise of that is super interesting, super sad. Um, And uh, yeah, that's where my guess is going to go. Cool. Again, haven't seen any of these movies, so I'm really just taking a wild guess based on research. And my answer to this is, if anything happens, I love you from Netflix. That's ridiculous. I can't. It is a little ridiculous, but it's it's weird. I thought you for, for sure were going to go with the Pixar burrow, but you didn't. Yeah, so. I thought you were as well. No, well, you were wrong because I did research and that's what I came up with. <laughs> whoa, Alrighty then. Whoa. Whoa, this guy's crazy. Well, I'm going to win. That's what's going to happen. Okay, man. Uh Next category. Uh, next category is best documentary feature. Uh, the nominees for best documentary feature are Collective, Crip Camp, The Mole Agent, My Octopus Teacher, and Time. Adrian, what is your prediction for best documentary feature? If I had to choose out of these five movies that I haven't seen before, upon yes. investigating a bit, my guess, okay, for yes. best documentary film feature film, yes, that I haven't seen yet. Yeah, no, I get that. Is my octopus teacher, which is a Netflix original. 
about a filmmaker who forges a friendship with an octopus in like the South African kelp forest or whatever. Yes. Which uh, it just seems like such a cool, cool film. So uh, that's my guess. Cool, man. My predicted winner for best documentary feature is My Octopus Teacher. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, you know no. what? We got to switch this up. You got to start going. I think what happened is I made these predictions and somehow you got a hold of my predictions and you're copying them. That's ridiculous. I'm literally going first in every category. So if anything, you are copying my predictions. Well, they're saved. I can send them to you now. So that, I can yeah, send, them, send them, to them to you. you. No, I'll, I'll send them to you just in case as well. I'll do it right now. It's fine. It's fine. I ain't freaking afraid. Afraid of what? I thought you weren't competitive. That's what you said before. I'm not competitive. I'm just saying I'm not afraid to prove you wrong. Boom. There's a there's a picture of my desktop display with all the little X's done. But now this is... Oh, I didn't do the X's. Oh, I did the I X's. Put them in a, don't look I at them, though. Do yeah. Don't look at it, though, so you don't copy them. Just so you're, well, you're aware, audience, we, we saw the Rotten Tomatoes little ballot for the Oscars, and we decided to fill that out. But then I didn't do it, and Adrian did. Yeah. So yeah, you can actually find that on the Rotten Tomatoes website. You can just find this little ballot or on the Instagram for Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty cool. I, th- I like that they did that. It's Me cool. too. Anyway, anyways, mine's uh, written out in notes and just the Apple Notes program. When I was writing up the document, I just put it into the notes. So in other words, it's definitely still set in stone. Like I've got a set in stone docket of predictions. I'm not doing this on the fly, just so we're all aware here. Yeah, don't... don't... Yeah, just send me yours. I ain't going to open it, though. Don't open mine either. It'll ruin the surprises coming up. Okay. It's sent. Good. Alrighty, then. The next category is Best Sound, which used to be Best Sound Mixing and Best Sound Editing, two separate categories, but they made it one, which I actually don't like. I guess people like it because nobody really knows what the difference is between sound editing and sound mixing Mm -hmm. is. I do, so it kind of makes me kind of sad. And I'm sure the people in the industry actually... Doing one job or the other probably are, I don't know, maybe slightly offended depending yeah. on the, the person. But anyway, don't they whatever, usually, regardless, are, the category. Sorry, aren't the winners usually the same anyways in the in those categories? I feel like the past couple of years they no, have No, actually. Am I wrong? Uh, no, they, they change up constantly. They, they mm-hmm. do sometimes line up. Like I remember Dunkirk always. won both. That makes sense though. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Okay. The nominees for best sound are Greyhound. Sound by Warren Shaw, Michael Minkler, Bo Borders, and David Wyman. Mank. Sound by Ren Kleiss, Jeremy Millaud, David Parker, Nathan Nance, and Drew Coonan. News of the World. Sound by Oliver Tarney, Mike Prestwood-Smith, William Miller, and John Pritchett. Soul. Sound by Ren Kleiss, Koya Elliott, and David Parker. And Sound of Metal. Sound by Nicholas Becker, Jamie Bakst, Michelle Kutelank, Carlos Cortez, and Philip Blad. And Adrian, your projected winner for best sound is? Sound of Metal. I think what this movie does with the audio is genuinely remarkable. It, it makes you f- almost understand what it feels like to go deaf randomly, as, as ridiculous as that may sound. What this movie does with sound itself is just so unbelievable and what they do with the subtitles that accompany that is also fantastic and uh, i think sound of metal deserves this uh, award no doubt in my mind cool i completely agree with you sound of metal is also my predicted winner Mm. this one should be less of a surprise in my opinion i mean there are really good there's awesome sound in greyhound Mm -hmm. um and in and soul and like, oh, obviously, again, they're all nominated for this award. So they're all potentially 
worthy of it. But Sound of Metal is it's quintessentially dependent on how well the sound is designed mm-hmm. because of the fact that again the main character is a metal drummer that goes deaf and it's the story of that and how it shows shows you how he's going deaf in such a like palpable way like you can really feel it you're in the shoes of Riz Ahmed's Ruben character it's really well designed mm-hmm. it's fantastic and the way they even shoot it with sound involved and as you mentioned the use of subtitles is brilliant in regards to sound as well so yes i think this movie should win best sound i'd be kind of surprised if it doesn't Mm -hmm. cool cool all right the next category is cinematography and the nominees for best cinematography are judas and the black messiah cinematography by sean bobbitt mank cinematography by eric messerschmidt news of the world Cinematography by Darius Wolski. Nomadland. Cinematography by Joshua James Richards. And The Trial of the Chicago 7. Cinematography by Faden Papa Michael. Papa Michael. Adrian, your predicted winner for best cinematography is? Nomadland is my choice for the winner of the cinematography category. Um, the reason why I think Nomadland deserves the wind here is I spoke about it in a little bit more detail in our main show, Split Focus uh, Film and TV Podcast, in the most recent episode, that I found this movie almost a little bit boring. Um, the, uh, the, the conversations had in the film almost pointless and everything like that, but I couldn't stop looking at the screen because of how beautiful the cinematography was and the use of audio like in the music itself was, the score that went with that cinematography and... I just couldn't stop looking um, at this movie, even though I don't know how much I really liked it. I really do like this movie, but again, I I don't know if I can recommend it. And I think the cinematography is the thing that makes this movie genuinely great. Okay. Interesting. How about you? I differ with you here. Uh, Nomadland is amazing. The cinematography is really good. The lighting in certain scenes uh, during the dark, for instance, when Frances McDormand's character is in her van alone and kind of just... Uh, trying to fall asleep or whatever. Uh, I just find that the the way the lighting is done and the, the way that all the shots are composed when like you got magic hour, you got the sunset or sunrise and you can just see Francis McDormand like walking across like this flat landscape. It's just, it's brilliant. I agree with you, but I did not choose Nomadland mm. or Joshua James Richards. I chose Mank, Eric Messerschmidt for Mank. I said last week, on our podcast, that Mank, the greatest thing about it is how well put together it is. There's not a shot out of place. It is extremely well built. They, they shot this movie with a camera, a red camera that was only shooting in black and white. They didn't color grade it down from color to black and white. They used the camera that they fixed to only shoot in black and white. And they did it in such a way that they planned it so meticulously that, again, it's just brilliant. And there's some shots, again, in the dark with with Gary Oldman and Amanda Seyfried and stuff like that. They're, again, it's just it's brilliantly shot the whole way through. It, it should, in my opinion, win. It's a black and white movie, and it's beautiful. I just I can't stress enough. If Mank is going to win anything, in my opinion, it should be cinematography. But you could be right. Nomadland could take this away. I, I, had a, I was questioning whether I should choose Nomadland. I went back and forth. But ultimately, Mank is a beautifully shot movie, and I think Eric Messerschmidt should win. Right on, man. Cool. Next category is best editing. And the nominees for best editing are The Father, 
editing by Yorgos Lamprinos. Nomadland, editing by Chloe Zhao again. Promising Young Woman, editing by Frederic Doraval. Sound of Metal, editing by Mikkel E.G. Nielsen. And The Trial of the Chicago 7, editing by Alan Baumgarten. Adrian, your prediction for Best Editing Winner is? Nomadland, once again by uh, Chloe Zhao. Um, Interesting. The reason why... Again, I, I, it's pretty much the same reason why I thought the cinematography is so great. The The way that this film is edited together, these these almost unconnected shots being edited together in such a masterful way to keep my attention on screen um, on a movie that, again, I consider to be relatively boring. However, I still really enjoyed is just really great. Chloe Zhao got to, you know, make her movie. She wrote it. She directed it. She edited it. And uh, I think she deserves all the praise. Um, and I think she deserves the win for this category as well. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know if that makes... Like, just because she's edited, directed... I mean, she's she's nominated for Best Director mm-hmm. and Writer. So I feel like she should win those categories potentially, but I don't know. Editing, a little less so. I did see some predict that Nomadland would win. I think that arguably it should go between Sound of Metal and the trial of the Chicago Seven. I think the editing, in terms of the way it's edited with the sound, is the brilliant one of the most brilliant parts of the movie for Sound of Metal. Mm-hmm. But I went with the trial of the Chicago Seven instead. I think that this movie is—I know it's been a while since we watched this, honestly—but the way it's shot, the way it does these interesting montage sequences in between the actual story, I just find it's brilliantly done. And it's—it's a—I don't know—almost like a very Aaron Sorkin way to do it. Mm-hmm. I just think that it's there's a lot of editing in this movie and I think it's brilliantly done to a point where it's completely comprehensible despite the fact that it it jumps around to different spots in time constantly. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's why this this award should go to The Trial of the Chicago 7 and Alan Baumgarten. Cool beans, man. That's a fair guess. Indeed. All right. Next category is makeup and hairstyling. Uh the nominees for makeup and hairstyling are Emma, makeup and hairstylist, Maurice Langan, Laura Allen, Claudia Stoles, Hillbilly Elegy, makeup and hairstyling by Aaron Kruger, McCash, Patricia Dahaney, and Matthew Mungle, Marini's Black Bottom, makeup and hairstyling by Sergio Lopez Rivera, Mia Neal, and Jamica Wilson, Mank, makeup and hairstyling by Kimberly Spiteri, Gigi Williams, and Colleen Labaff. And Pinocchio, makeup and hairstyling by Mark Collier, Dahlia Coley, and Francesco Pagaretti. Adrian, which of these movies will win makeup and hairstyling, in your opinion? Um, well, my guess goes to Mank in this case. Uh, honestly, it's the only movie out of these five I watched. I think the only other bet I would have put is Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, but again, I just, I just think Mank, although I didn't love the movie, I think they did a really good job with, uh, makeup and hairstyling and it made me feel like this, this was taking place in the time that it was happening. Um, to be fair, the, the actors really helped with that. Yeah, that's my decision. How about you, man? Um, I don't go Mank on this <gasps> one. I go Marini's Black Bottom, which I just watched yesterday. Brilliant movie. Very different movie from the other lineup of of movies that we've watched recently, um, which is basically Nomadland, Minari, and Sound of Metal. 
yeah, Marini's Black Bottom. I feel like Marini's makeup is very unique, and I feel like it it's quintessential to her character. And Viola Davis is unrecognizable for more ways than one. And it's because of the makeup and hairstyling as well as her acting. I think that again, the all the makeup and hairstyling throughout the entire cast, but especially on Marini and Viola Davis, is phenomenal in this film. Cool, man. Cool. Next category is production design. And the nominees are The Father, production designed by Peter Francis and set decoration by Kathy Featherstone. Marini's Black Bottom, production designed by Mark Ricker and set decoration by Karen O'Hara and Diana Stoughton. Mank, production designed by Donald Graham Burt and set decoration by Jan Pascal. News of the World, production design by David Crank and set decoration by Elizabeth Keenan. And finally, Tenet, production design by Nathan Crowley and set decoration by Kathy Lucas. Adrian, your predicted winner for best production design goes to... Tenet. It's just Tenet. The production design by Nathan Crowley and set decoration by Kathy Lucas. That is uh, that, that is my guess. Again, I, I mentioned this um, about tonight. I just feel like nothing seems out of place. Everything seems real and legitimate. I think that movie is a masterpiece of just visual effects and production design in general. Uh, and I think it deserves to take it away on this one. Um, and to be fair, the only other movie I saw on this list was Mank. How about you? Um, I believe that the production design should go to Mank. I think there's a lot of intricate... I guess set pieces in this film, even though it's in black and white, I feel like that was I don't know, something that they realized that they again had to emphasize how the set would kind of look in a black and white setting. I just think that, like for instance, actor Charles Dance's party. He's he was basically running a party at one point with with Mankiewicz kind of going off. That whole scene, extremely well set dressed. The set in which Mank is in writing his actual screenplay. It's extremely well built. They're going through old Hollywood, and I feel like it felt like it was the movie completely took place in old Hollywood. And it transported me there because of partially because of how well production design was designed. And so Mank for me is gonna be the winner of best production design. Mm. Right on man. Indeed. Indeed. Next category is best costume design. And the nominees for best costume design are Emma. Costume designed by Alexandra Byrne. Mank, costume designed by Trish Somerville. Marini's Black Bottom, costume designed by Anne Roth. Mulan, costume designed by Bina Degeler. And Pinocchio, production designed by Massimo Cantina Perini. Adrian, your prediction for best costume design is Mank, once again. Um, pretty much for the same reasons that I mentioned for makeup and hairstyling. It just. It felt like it was taking part during that time. Um, they did a really great job in that movie. Um, again, it's the only movie I've seen on this list, to be fair. Uh, but again, it's it's one of the few things that I really liked about Mank. Cool. Uh, I thought Mank was brilliant as well. Uh, but I'm not going for Mank on Best Costume Design. I decided on Marini's Black Bottom for the similar reasons that I mentioned for the makeup. That's fair, man. Again, this is a period piece. It takes place in the 20s. And I feel like they hit the costume design on the head in terms of its detail and transforming again Viola Davis into Ma Rainey. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go with that one. Cool. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. 
and Anne Roth. The next category is Best Animated Feature Film. <gasps> and the nominees for Best Animated Feature Film are Onward, Over the Moon, A Shaun the Sheep Movie, Farmageddon, oh, yeah. Soul, and Wolfwalkers. Adrian, which of these films will go away with the Best Animated Feature Film Award? Well, Simon, I'll give you a hint. It's a Pixar movie. Is it Onward? Yeah, is it-, it is Pixar's My Dad's a Pair of Pants. No, it isn't. It is not. It's Pixar's Soul. Uh, I think Soul is a genuinely phenomenal movie. It may, I, I think it it deserved to be nominated for Best Picture, um, like as a whole. I think that movie is just a 10 out of 10. It's a masterpiece. Pixar never fails to please me, but this one really exceeded my expectations. I mentioned um, during our like review of, of, of soul that it, uh, it's probably my least favorite of Pete doctor's movies. But again, that's comparing a bunch of masterpieces with each other. there's nothing that was out of place in soul um, from music, from the delivery of the actors in the movie, from the dialogue, everything about it is to me perfect. And uh, I think it definitely is going to take the win for best animated feature. Cool. I completely agree with you. I also chose Soul. I think if if any movie was going to win this instead of Soul, it would probably be Wolfwalkers. Honestly, again, based on the hype behind Wolfwalkers, I kind of really want to see it now mm-hmm. because I keep seeing it mentioned as a, a real contender for best animated feature film. But I agree completely with what you said about Soul. The music, the acting, the animation itself. The story is so brilliant. I can't believe it wasn't nominated for best picture. They used to do 10 films for Best Picture nominations, but they stopped doing that. I'm, I don't know. I didn't get the memo on why that is and why it changed. But I think Soul deserves to be nominated for Best Picture because it, it's phenomenal. And I really do hope it wins in this category. Cool, man. Indeed. The next category is Best International Film. And the nominees for Best International Film are Another Round, which is a film out of Denmark, Better Days, a film out of Hong Kong, Collective, a film out of Romania, The Man Who Sold His Skin, a film out of Tunisia, and Kovadis Aida, a film out of Bosnia and Herzegovina. Adrian, which of these films do you predict will win Best International Film? Another Round. It's the only movie I watched out of this list. And again, Another Round is one of those movies that may be one of the best movies of last year. And I think it deserved to be nominated for Best Picture. It's so great. Um, Mads Mikkelsen's uh, delivery, uh, or sorry, acting in that movie is phenomenal. The people that he's surrounded by in that movie is really great. The story, everything about that movie, I really loved. Um, I was honestly on the edge of my seat watching it. It made me feel a lot of different emotions. And uh, 100%, I think that deserves the win um, in comparison to the four other movies I didn't watch. Yeah, there's a reason we watched another round. I'll just say that. Um, It was also nominated for Best Director, and Mm -hmm. I believe that it has a real chance of winning this. I'm almost surprised that it didn't get nominated for Best Picture just because Vinterberg was nominated for Best Director. Mm -hmm. But again, I guess there's only so many nominations. I should mention something as well. We're talking about these movies. Our favorite movies are not necessarily the ones on this list, although they, they, they might come close because, again, this is a lot of the movies we watched this year. But some of this is politics and some of this is voting. Like There's like quite a few members of the Academy voting on these awards. And some of these 
categories consist of split votes where things it, voting systems are not always perfect because they 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 can land uh, different movies as the winner because of split voting and etc. So I should just mention that not necessarily related to this, but with the concept of Vinterberg being nominated as best director, I think another round is going to win it just for that alone. Did I enjoy another round? Yes, it is the only movie that I've watched out of this list of five. And I think that it was phenomenal. And I agree with you that it made me feel a lot of emotions. It was sad. It made me feel like frustrated and anxious and really happy at times. And it's definitely worth a watch. That is for certain. And I definitely think it's going to win. Mm -hmm. Cool. Next category is best original song. And the nominees for best original song are Fight For You, the song from Judas and the Black Messiah, music by H.E.R. and Dernst Emil II, Lyrics by H.E.R. and Tiara Thomas. Hear My Voice, a song from The Trial of the Chicago 7. Music by Daniel Pemberton. Lyrics by Daniel Pemberton and Celeste Waite. Husevik, a song from the movie Eurovision Song Contest. Music and lyrics by Savan Koteka, Fat Max Kasus, and Rickard Gorenson. IOC. From the movie The Life Ahead, music by Diane Warren, lyrics by Diane Warren and Laura Passini. And Speak Now, the song from One Night in Miami, music and lyrics by Leslie Odom Jr. and Sam Ashworth. Adrian, which one of these films will win best song? I think Speak Now from One Night in Miami, music and lyric by Leslie Odom Jr. and Sam Ashworth is going to take the win on this one. It's just a really good song. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's just a really good song. I love Leslie Odom Jr.'s voice. I love hearing him sing. Um, and I think it's really great. Uh, the only other song that I heard uh, is Hear My Voice from the Trial of Chicago of the Chicago 7, which, again, is another really great one. Um, but Speak Now is a little bit more memorable for me. And uh, that is why I choose Speak Now from One Night in Miami. Completely agree with you. I also choose Speak Now from One Night in Miami. It's Fantastic. And I also didn't realize the music and lyric were by Leslie Odom Jr., which is pretty neat as well. He's a talented man. He is indeed. The next category is Best Musical Score, and the nominees for Best Musical Score are The Five Bloods, score by Terrence Blanchard, Mank, a score by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, Minari, a score by Emile Masseri, News of the World, a score by James Newton Howard, and Soul. A score by Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, and John Batiste. Adrian, who will win Best Musical Score in 2021? My choice for the Best Original Score is Soul by Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, and John Batiste. I just think this score is amazing. It's really great. I think it goes incredibly well with the movie itself, how it switches so significantly, um, the type of music that it plays when he's you know above ground versus in the soul world is very well done, very well edited together. And it makes, uh, I mean, it, it made me really love jazz music even more than I already do. It's just, uh, it's just really well done, really well, uh, really well made. And, um, yeah, I, I think Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross did a really great job with Mank as well. Again, I don't, I don't love Mank the movie, but they, they, they knocked it out of the park with that score too. Um, and I'd be shocked if they didn't win it for either of those movies, honestly. Um, but my final vote is for Soul. How about you, my friend? I completely agree. I chose Soul as well. I think Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross will win also for either Mank or Soul. But like you, 
My final answer is soul. The jazz parts when they're on earth and then going to Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross's unique score when they're not on earth, when they're in that other place is brilliant. And the transition between them and the transition between the music is quintessential to the movie itself, as you kind of mentioned, and I agree with you. Yeah, soul will win. Cool. Next category is best actor. And the nominees for best actor are Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman for Marini's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins for The Father, Gary Oldman for Mank, and Stephen Yoon for Minari. Adrian, tremendously interested to see who you pick for this. Who is your favorite for best actor this year? So I'm not going by favorite, Simon. Let me let me be clear. My prediction is Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And again, I haven't seen that movie. I don't know how well he acted in it, but I have heard enough buzz about him in that movie that I think he's going to take the win. Unfortunately, he did pass away this past year. So I'm sure um, I'm sure that is also playing a factor into um, the selection as as pessimistic as that may sound. Um, but I'm sure if he does win, he will deserve it. And uh, that is why Chadwick Boseman is my guess for the best actor in a leading role. Uh, Chadwick Boseman is also my pick, but I also saw him in that role and I completely believe that he deserves it. Anthony Hopkins is probably next in line to win that. Theoretically, I haven't seen that movie though, so I'm not really sure. One of the reasons I watched Marini's Black Bottom is because I was very curious how phenomenal he is. I don't think it has anything to do with, if he wins this, whether he died or not this year. It's because he was absolutely remarkable in that movie. He had so many lines of dialogue and he just fell into that role. He does such a great job as Levy. It's worth watching just for his performance alone, in my opinion. Cool. Yes, indeed. The next category is Best Actress. And the nominees for Best Actress are Viola Davis from Moraney's Black Bottom, Andrew Day for her performance in the United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand for Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. Adrian, what's your prediction for Best Actress this year? Um, if I had to make a guess, again, I've only seen two out of these five movies listed here, um, but I would choose Carrie Mulligan for her performance in Promising Young Woman. I think her performance in that movie is one of the best I've seen in recent memory. I think that has a lot to do with how amazing the screenplay is for that movie and how well she acted out that screenplay. The direction from Emerald Fennell, I'm sure, played a big part. But I I really love Promising Young Woman, and I think that had a lot to do with how Carrie Mulligan um, emotes herself throughout the film. And you really feel for her. Um, and I just believe she deserves the win on this one. She is, she's amazing. Genuinely amazing. She is amazing. I agree with you. I almost chose Carrie Mulligan, but I did not because I watched Marini's Black Bottom. <gasps> and so I'm going to go with Viola Davis. Carrie Mulligan, I honestly, even after watching Marini's Black Bottom, I was like, who will, will, will win this? And I think that Frances McDormand has a serious chance as well. Again, if you look at other websites that seem to predict the Oscar winners, mm -hmm. Frances McDormand's at the top of many people's lists. But I'm going with Viola Davis. She was completely transformed. She's a completely different person. And she didn't have prosthetic makeup on either. It was just makeup makeup as she was playing this character, Ma Rainey. Hmm. She's just phenomenal in this movie, much like Shadwick Boseman is, honestly. And so I'm going to go with Viola Davis, and we'll see what happens on Sunday. Sweet. All right. The next category is a big one, the Best Director. The penultimate category, Simon. Indeed. And the nominees for Best Director are 
Thomas Vinterberg for Another Round, David Fincher for Mank, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, and Emerald Fennell in Promising Young Woman. Adrian, what do you predict, who do you predict will win Best Director in 2021? If I had to choose, I would guess that it's going to go to Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. I feel like her direction in that movie is amazing. I feel, once again, because of her direction, she made a she made something that would be pretty boring to me, interesting to watch. Um, again, I, I think that goes along with her like film editing skill and her, her writing skill. I just I think this movie is going to win it. Um, my favorite, if if I were to um, add that, would be Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. I just don't. I, I just think it's going to go to Chloe Zhao. Cool man. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, I chose Chloe Zhao. I think Chloe Zhao and Emerald Fennell, they realized their vision and they followed through to the end. I think the fact that Chloe Zhao had to wrangle real people and make them feel, make them not seem like they're actors because they're meant to feel like real people, but make them feel like real people as as opposed to random non-professional actors act as nomads, even though they are nomads, is a tricky feat. And to go all over the country and have these people involved with Francis McDormand and David Strathairn and create something that's a comprehensive plot out of that was brilliant. And Nomadland is amazing. And I think that Chloe Zhao definitely wins this this year. I kind of would hope that David Fincher would win secretly um, just because I think that that movie, again, is brilliant. And it's like a, a technical masterpiece mm-hmm. in my mind. But I think that, I don't know, the efforts that Chloe Zhao made made to make this movie, considering, again, she wrote and edited it I feel like she should win this. Mm -hmm. It it would be silly kind of not to, but we'll see what happens, I guess, again. And the final category, of course, is Best Picture. And the nominees for Best Picture are The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Adrian! Who will win Best Picture for the 93rd Annual Academy Awards? Well, Simon, I think Nomadland is going to take the win for Best Picture at the Oscars in 2021. Um, I've already spoken about this movie, so I'm not going to really add too much to it. Um, But I do think it's going to win. Mostly, this is a gut guess. I've watched six out of these eight movies. And uh, Nomadland is one, arguably my least favorite one out of these, uh, out of the ones I watched, uh, not including Mank, I guess. So my, my second to least favorite. Um, but I just, I have a feeling in my gut, the way that this movie was made, um, the direction, again, the editing, the cinematography, everything about it. I just think it's really great and it deserves the win for best picture. Um, but like I said at the top, The Trial of the Chicago 7 is probably my favorite movie of last year. With, a, again, um, one Night in Miami coming at a close second, possibly even Promising Young Woman really up there. I really love Promising Young Woman. I, I, you could make the argument that Promising Young Woman was my favorite movie of 2020, but I don't know. It's a tough one. How about you, my friend? I also believe that Nomadland will win, and I feel like that's not a secret in any Oscar pool. I feel like everyone's choosing Nomadland. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a, and it, it's the one to beat. And so if it doesn't win, I'd be... Again, I'd be terribly surprised. I'm curious. I think any of these could win, though. They're all really, really good. We haven't seen The Father and Judas and the Black Messiah, so we, we can't really speak to those. 
unfortunately, again, they're twenty and twenty five dollars as rentals on on rental services. So it's a lot to spend just to rent it. It would be very nice if they had it on on a streaming service at this point. Yeah. We didn't choose Minari on much except for um, uh, Yoo Jung Yoon in Minari mm-hmm. uh, for best supporting actress. Yeah. Did you like Minari? I'm curious. Uh, yeah, I liked it quite a bit. Um, I, I'll definitely go into a little bit more detail on this week's a Split Focus, a film and TV podcast episode. Um, but I, I did like it. Um, I didn't love it, but I did think it was a really good movie and uh, something I would recommend actually to watch and probably would rewatch, unlike Nomadland and uh, Mank as an example. Wow, I feel like you're opinion on Nomadland has been bittered over the last few weeks because I don't recall you disliking it this much when we talked about it on the podcast. No, I, I even said on the podcast that I found it boring, but I still really liked it in a weird way and that I wouldn't recommend it. I don't think my opinion on that movie has changed whatsoever. I'll be honest with you. Um, again, I, I I think I said, yeah, just like the, the dialogue in the movie is like boring and if it isn't for like the beautiful cinematography and the, and the amazing like piano music playing on in the background and everything like that. I, I don't know how much I would like it. And again, I, I don't think I could really recommend it. I still really like Nomadland though, but it's not something I'd love or, or would rewatch. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, that's it. That's our predictions. Uh, I guess we'll see how it works out on, on Sunday, the 25th of April. And uh, we'll talk about who won on, uh, on our podcast, which will be in this case, the 43rd, Split Focus, a film and TV podcast episode. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear everyone's guess for best picture if if anyone's listening to this episode. And um, but yeah, if, if you can write into us before this Sunday evening, we that gives you two days from when this podcast is put online uh, to write into us with your best guess for any one of these categories. Just give us one category. I would love to hear it. Um, and uh we'll read it live on air, and you'll hear it on this upcoming Split Focus, a film and TV podcast episode. Indeed. Thank you for joining me, Adrian. Thank you for your predictions. We aligned quite frequently mm-hmm. pretty much this entire time. There's very few that we disagreed on, it seems like. Some of the technical awards mostly, but everything else, it seems. Yeah, it almost made for a little bit of a boring show almost because we just lined up on everything. There, there wasn't much discussion. Yeah, even like the ones we didn't watch, we both found. I guess that makes sense that we would find the same ones. Yeah, we just read the appealing. <laughs> That's so funny. I, I don't know. I, I just found that hilarious. Actually, that that was the the biggest shocker to me that we literally just out of fifteen things that we never watched, we just guessed the same three things, which I think is pretty funny. We've been spending too much time together on air. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Well. Again, I thank you for joining me. I thank you, listener, for listening, and uh, have a good night. Goodbye. Bye now. Take care, guys. Goodbye. Or I guess have a good morning or day. Good. It doesn't, I mean. Have a good year. Any year that you're in. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows when you're listening to this? Who knows? But alas, goodbye. Take care, guys.